Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Five sixty to Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on Five Sixty over the past twenty four hours. Where yet? I am Dan Day. Hit me up on social media at Dan Day Radio. The weekend's gonna get weird, so it's gonna be fun to follow me on social media and follow me in real life. But if you can't do that, you gotta go on social media and do that. And we're gonna do that with the Joe Rose Show, talking to FSU legend Charlie Ward, Greeny, talking to Jets, somewhat legend, Chad Pennington about football, and then of course Hawk and Crowder getting into their usual silliness with Mike Cuno, and also talking a little bit about the Heat and Victor Oladipo's debut last night. Right now, let's debut some headlines. The Heat won their third in a row last night when they defeated the Warriors 116-109. Victor Oladipo scored six in his debut with the team. Tomorrow, Miami faces Cleveland at eight. The Marlins fell 1-0 to the Rays on opening day. The difference was Austin Meadows' solo shot in the eighth off Yimmy Garcia. The two play again tonight at 7-10. The Panthers used another third-period rally to eventually down the Red Wings 3-2 in overtime last night. Florida's back in action tomorrow at 7 against the Columbus Blue Jackets right here on 560 The Joe. The Final Four starts Saturday at 5:15 when Houston faces Baylor, then UCLA and Gonzaga tip at 8:34. Inter Miami is interested in signing former Real Madrid midfielder Enzo Zidane. Inter opens this season April 18th against the LA Galaxy. Following a 21-1 shellacking of FIU on Wednesday, the U's baseball team starts a three-game series against Duke tonight at Mark Light Field. Gators guard Scotty Lewis says he will enter the NBA draft. He is the sixth player this offseason to leave the team. North Carolina head basketball coach Roy Williams has retired, saying he is no longer the right man for the job. Williams spent 18 seasons at UNC, posting a 485-63 record and gathering three national championships. Oh yeah, it's Friday, so you know you've earned it. Let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a beachgoer recently went cave exploring and accidentally ventured into a cesspool. Crap. A cyclist recently cycled from the northernmost to southernmost points of Africa, of India. Africa, India, a little different, but India. That dude's crotch will be useless for a week. A turkey crashed through an upstate New York resident's window just in time for Easter. A British woman was the victim of a bad spray tan that left her mahogany colored. My hot mess of the day. 
It's always fun in the mornings. The Joe Rose Show gets you going from 6 to 10, and they get the big ones. Like earlier today, they had Charlie Ward. The Charlie Ward, Florida State basketball football star Heisman Trophy winner, played for the Knicks. And, oh, yeah, he had some battles with the Heat back in the day, and they are going to touch on that. But first, they're going to relive FSU Miami, then remembering Heat-Knicks rivalries, and then... Should kids play multiple sports nowadays, just like he did? Good morning. Thanks for the time, buddy. Uh, good morning, Joe. How are you guys? Appreciate Char- you having me on. Charlie, it's gr- it's great having you, man. You know you're a you're a big part of our history down here, man. You 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 know that because you're the only man that got to be in the serious Florida State Miami games and also those Heat and Hicks games. I mean, you've been through it all. I what was more intense, a Florida State Miami football game when? Both teams are really good, or the Heat and Knicks in some of those physical games? Uh, well, the intensity, is a, the intensity was equal. I mean, it's about the same when it came to just uh, the competitive nature of both teams. That's kind of what you want to be a, be a part of. Uh, Miami rivalry always had uh, some great drama um, in some form of fashion. I know the years that I played, real, really great drama and some really good players on the field. And, and when we played against the Heat um, when I was with the Knicks, you know, it was two teams that were alike. So there was a lot of drama in that one as well. So it was just great TV. Um, and it was great to be a part of, for sure. Charlie, you think it's crazy when we talk about that Heat-Knicks rivalry and they start going back, if the Heat play the Knicks on any given night here during the season, and they start going back in time to talk about all the great games, of course you get flipped. Like, that's it. Like, it's, it's the whole thing where, like, the fight breaks out and everything. Is it crazy that every time we go back to that, that that moment pops up in the in the history of both teams? Well, I don't know why it, why mine comes up or our, our deal. Because there was other fights that went on as well. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we had coaches involved. We had right. players involved. Oh, you, you play with some physical dudes too, man, on that team, Charlie. That that was uh, that was something. Uh, what do you remember most about those 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 games? I'm just curious. Uh, the one moment that kind of stands out in those great Knicks and Heat playoff games. Um, I mean, when it was all said and done, I mean, there's two teams that were alike because the coaches were uh, alike in their in their styles of play. We were running the same plays and pretty much had you know similar players when it came down to it in some form of fashion. Just like I tell people, whenever you have two people or two teams uh, that are alike, you're going to have confrontation because that's why they say opposites attract. Um, because <laughs> if you have two people that are opposite, they, they complement one another. But when you have two people that are alike, you're going to always have button heads at some point in time because they're alike. And that's the one thing that I can remember is, you know, us running – the same plays, we we know what other team's going to do, and you always knew that if the regardless if the game was twenty points at one time, which it was on both sides of the floor, you had a chance to come back because one team's going to lock down on defense because that was our staple, and well both teams staple, and you were going to struggle offensively because guys, I mean we knew what was going to happen, what was coming, so. Yeah, I just remember every single game could have been like the same game. <laughs> it's just different time. <laughs> that was one thing that I could I can't remember is just every single game was pretty much the same game. It was just a, at a different time. 
lot Charlie, eight, you know, a lot of 80, 79 games, man. Right. A lot of pushing and shoving for sure. Well, <laughs> right. well I was going to bring that up, Charlie, because now 80, 79 or 82, 78, that's halftime in most games now. Like that, those are your final <laughs> scores. And now it's, that's a halftime in most of these games now. I think that that's what the crazy part is. Charlie, I want to ask you this. I saw you tweet out right when we tweeted out, we were having you on the show, something about player transfers. Um, you see what's going on in college football, college basketball, college sports these days with the transfer portal. Do you like it? Uh, would you have been okay with it back in the day when you played where so many guys can move around so much in college football, college sports? No, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan, but I do understand it uh, for the kids' perspective. Uh, but some kids now are using uh, their colleges to, you know, get a better deal or um, are using their opportunities to or are not waiting, being patient. Um, but I totally understand, you know, the freedom. I mean, that's the age, time we're in, the freedom of movement. You talk about our games being 80 to 79, and the NBA is the freedom of movement, you know. And now with this transfer portal, portal um, it's, I'm sure it's tough on coaches. Um, it's tough on teams uh, with players uh, transferring out for whatever reason. Uh, some may be legit. Some may be things that they, they want to do. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, but I totally understand it. Um, just for, you know, there are some kids who want better opportunities because they feel like feel like the coach or the situation may not be right for them. You know, I'm not here to judge anyone. And I just know if it was going on during our time, we probably had the same, you know, same amount of kids leaving. Uh, but when there was a penalty – uh, just like if you're speeding, you know, there's a penalty for it, then you won't have as many um, people doing it or trying to do it. So it's going to continue to get to a point where, especially if they go with a one, one-time waiver, you're going to have quite – I mean, you're going to have the same amount of uh, people leaving. And, you know, coaches, they leave as well, whether they get fired or leave for better opportunities. Those things happen as well. They don't get put in line. So I understand, you know, all of it. But it's just still tough. You know, it's tough regardless if a coach gets gets fired uh, for, you know, winning uh, nine games in the football season. That's tough, you know, on a program. But those are the decisions you have to make, and you have to be willing to live with whatever the results are. Charlie, you played a unique situation being a Heisman Trophy winner on, on some great Florida State football teams and also being a first-round pick for the New York Knicks, a combination you don't see. But the, the part that I, I find interesting, you played in a time where a lot of athletes, especially guys at Florida State and other schools, played two sports. We don't see it. I see kids growing up down here, one sport from the time they're little, and, and that's it. I, I was just wondering, how difficult was it for you to be really good at two sports? like you were and and what do you think of today's one sport only uh well there everyone has their own different situations uh, that's the one thing i've come to understand uh better over the years i've always been an options guy so that's always been my um my take on it because i did it i believe that i mean if you have the capability of playing multiple sports then you should um, however uh, there are some kids that uh, need to focus on one sport if they are behind. I'm not a big believer in, you know, playing one sport at an early age because you really don't know um, at during that time uh, which sport 
if you're athletic that you may uh, become very good at. You kind of shut off your options early on. And so I'm a big believer that, you know, early in your athletic career, uh, you should dibble and dabble in different sports just to see which one uh, may may be your best sport. And then after that, you know, once you get into high school, you can start looking to try to specialize if you're at a certain point. But uh, if you have the talent to be able to do multiple sports, because I do believe that uh, playing multiple sports will complement uh, what you're doing for your main sport um, and give you a balance as well. I always encourage those that are capable of doing it to play another sport. Um, three three sports is tough because you're not going to be able to be very good at one because you're spreading yourself too thin and you don't have an off-season to prepare uh, your body physically. Um, I do believe that playing a different sport, two sports, uh, one that complements another, football, track, uh, basketball, you know, track, or football, basketball, something that will complement whatever your main sport is, is the way that I talk to kids and parents uh, that ask me. I don't think it's a cookie-cutter deal where everyone has to do it. When you said that, I thought you were talking about Deion Sanders. You were talking about all those combinations because <laughs> that guy, <laughs> he was good at everything, man. I uh, that, Yeah, it's unbelievable to, to talk right. about that stuff, uh, just crazy, crazy stuff. Hey, Charlie, really great having you. Appreciate you, you you coming on with us. Spend a little bit of time today. Thank you so much, man. We didn't get in the ACC. I was going to ask you about the pro days. Some of these workouts we're seeing, um, crazy, Charlie, crazy. These uh, ACC and, and, and these pro days, these guys are running times I've never heard before. That's the evolution as well. Um, you know, guys are, you know, going to get the training that they need, and there's this new type of training. Uh, that, that everyone's going to get. Um, and, you know, the more uh, science and all the different things, eating properly, um, stretching, massages, you know, all these different things that um, go into performance uh, guys are getting now at a higher level. So this is not the – this is just a start. I mean, you're going to start seeing times going down even more probably over the next few years just because uh, the trainers uh, are, you know, training at a high level. Charlie, great having you, buddy. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. All right, appreciate you guys. That's some great stuff right there. Charlie Ward, legend on and off the court now, it seems. Speaking of legendary, Greeny touching base about quarterbacks with Chad Pennington. Well, when you talk about a cookie-cutter prototype quarterback and you're going to ask him to do multiple things, I think Trevor Lawrence – Hits all of those boxes. That and some reggae music on the way. It's a fun Friday after all. Here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Lucifer, son of the morning. I'm gonna chase you out of earth. 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Hola, I am Dan Day. Follow me social media at Dan Day Radio. Got you covered. And I got you covered right now because it is a feel-good Friday with some reggae music from Rex, Romeo, Chase the Devil. Yep, Chase the Devil just in time for the weekend. It's time to do it, so let's do it. Chase the Devil. Good vibes. Speaking of chasing the devil, Greeny. He makes it happen noon every day here 
on 560 The Joe. He actually gets started at 10. He finishes up at noon. But he's always loved Chad Pennington when he's with the Jets. He's always believed in him. Still believes in him so much so he talked to him earlier today about Trevor Lawrence. Check mark. As a quarterback, how do you get hit less and throw him out there or help him prepare a little more? Gotta do it for old time's sake, no matter what. Here he is, the one, the only Chad Pennington back with me on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Chad. Reality TV at its finest today. I'm on spring break with the family in the car, so we're rocking and rolling. Yeah, look, I can see it. You're in the car there. You've got the kids. How many kids? What, what are we doing? I don't, you know, don't give us your exact location, but give us a sense of what spring break for the Pennington family consists of. Well, we definitely have palm trees around us for sure with some good weather and just trying to relax. First time we've really been out as a family since COVID hit over a year ago. So we're excited to be out as a family. Good for you. I'm glad to hear it. And thank you for taking a few minutes to do this here. I want to start with a general, which is to say the way they poke and prod at quarterbacks leading into the draft right now. Now, this was your life experience once upon a time. Um, but particularly when they talk about, you know, the, the criticism I'm hearing of Justin Fields is he doesn't go to his second progression. Now, his receivers are all open on his first progression, so he right. throws to his first one. Uh, I have quarterback people telling me every single coach you've had from Pop Warner tells you if the first guy is open, throw it to him. And now the That's criticism right. of him is he doesn't go to his second progression. So I'm trying to figure out what exactly that means. When you hear it, what the heck are we talking about, Chad Pennington? Well, it doesn't mean much of anything. I'm glad he's hitting his first progression. If he was missing his first progression, I would really be worried, right? And so when you're looking at when he's hitting his first progression, is he accurate with his first progression? How is he throwing the football? Is the ball placement correct? Uh, that's more important. And then I think probably one of the biggest challenges, Greeny, moving forward here. Because these coaches aren't able to work with these guys and talk with these guys in person. And so a lot of times what they don't see on film, they're able to gather with personal interviews. That's going to be a huge challenge throughout this whole process because they don't get that. You can only get so much on Zoom. That's exactly right. And so that's why these pro days are a little more important maybe than they usually have been because it's kind of the only time they'll be able to get that kind of one-on-one connection. Okay, let, let me ask you just quickly, go through the five quarterbacks that, that Todd McShay projects will go in the top 11. We never talk about Trevor Lawrence because it has been a foregone conclusion that he is the number one pick in this draft for a long time. But let's let you talk about him for a minute. When you see him, for those who, who, who wonder, is he really all that good? What is it about him that is making all of these analysts just lose their minds about his potential? Well, when you talk about a cookie-cutter prototype quarterback and you're going to ask him to do multiple things, I think Trevor Lawrence hits all of those boxes, right? He has the height. He has the speed. He has the arm talent. He has the physical toughness. And for what we know, he also has the mental capability. Uh, one thing that I think is interesting when talking to guys around the league, uh, they do want to see him take less hits uh, because as quarterbacks in the NFL, you've got to make sure that you minimize your hits. And, and so you want to be tough when you have to be but you also want to protect yourself so that you're available for your team. Very specifically, you take less hits by doing what? Very specifically, what do you get better at in order to get hit less? Well, it's just self-awareness as you're moving, as you're escaping, knowing when to just throw it away and live to see another down, knowing when to slide. Uh, not too many times as an NFL quarterback, you need to take on anybody when running the football. Very specific situations and clutch situations in big-time games would you try to put your head down and try to go get the first down. But other than that, you just need to be very self-aware. Okay, what type of yardage can I get with my legs? 
How can I escape and make a throw out of the pocket? And then when is it just time to, to live to see another down throw that ball away? That is smart. Listen, Chad, I've had this theory for quite some time. Tell me what you think of this. That when there was a change of possession on a play, let's say you'd say you're the quarterback and you throw an interception, that there should be a helicopter hovering above the field that can drop like a rope ladder down, and the quarterback should be able to grab onto that and just be whisked away like Tom Cruise in, in, in Mission, uh, whatever. What is it? Mission Impossible? Impossible. Whatever those are. Because, Chad, <laughs> the last thing in the world a quarterback needs to do is be making a tackle. The last th- quarterbacks need to get out of harm's way at all times. What do you think of that plan? It's not a bad plan, especially for my career, because the one thing I couldn't do was stay available for my team. So if you want to stay available for your team, you probably need to try to use that plan for sure. I'm telling you, it's a better – people make fun of me. I, they, they, will not, they will not laugh someday when that's exactly what we're doing. All right, Chad, to the next one. And obviously I have a, a, a particular interest in this. Zach Wilson, because he plays at BYU, is someone that most American football fans have never seen play a game in their lives, and suddenly he has vaulted up to where he seems to be clearly entrenched as the second pick in the NFL draft. What is it that makes him great? Well, when you watch the pro day, everyone's so enamored with the throw across the field. I'll tell you, Greeny, eight times out of ten, that throw that everybody's enamored with is an interception in the (laughs) NFL. So we got to be careful about how we evaluate that now. I'm excited that he can make that type of throw. I think everyone's enamored with Patrick Mahomes' ability. Remember, there's only one Patrick Mahomes right now uh, as well. But what I think we do see is arm talent. We do see escapability. We do see someone who can do the things that are being asked of today's NFL quarterback. And that's what gets people excited. But there's certainly going to have to be some developmental time there as well. Okay. uh, Greeny with Chad Pennington live on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Uh, The next one is Mac Jones. And him we've all seen because he plays every single game on national TV and they win the championship and his numbers are enormous. But there will be the two questions. One of them is his relative lack of mobility and athleticism. The other will be. He's he's playing on a team where that offense is going to have five guys who will be drafted in the first something like 40 picks of this draft, Chad. So how do we evaluate him when he was on that good of a team and does not seem to check that one box? Well, first of all, I laugh that at 4-8 now in today's league is not mobile enough. <laughs> um, I think for quarterbacks, if you're running a 4-8, that at least shows that you can escape to make a throw. Listen, we don't want these guys running around making these crazy plays with their legs. That doesn't give you longevity as a quarterback. And we got to remember who the Super Bowl winning quarterback is right now. And so uh, being able to distribute the ball with your arm, being able to lead. One of the things that I'm finding out of Mac Jones is that he's a grinder. He loves getting there, studying the game, very analytical uh, in what he does. And so you love to see that as a quarterback. And I think he's got a bright future for sure. All right. And, and then two more. There's Trey Lance, North Dakota State, 17 starts in his career at the FCS level. I feel a need to, re- to remind everyone when we talk about how few games he has played, that's really not his fault. He would have played an entire season this year. His team didn't have a season. They opted out of the season. They literally created one game as a showcase for him. So that's the reason that he has only played the 17 games. That said, it is a smaller sample size. It's from lesser competition and all the rest of that. Chad, what is your sense of Trey Lance? Well, I think, first of all, people look at his mobility, his escapability. What he did as a redshirt freshman, regardless of what level, was outstanding. And North Dakota State plays really, really good football. Uh, so we, we've got to remember that. I do think that if you draft a Trey Lance, you need to be patient. If you're not willing to exert patience with him, knowing that he hasn't had very many starts under his belt, 
but knowing what his uh, ceiling is and his potential, then you're putting him in a bad position. So the team that drafts him needs to exercise patience, uh, have a starter in front of him so that he can learn. He can learn behind closed doors, and then he'll have a chance. But if you're going to throw him out there from day one, I don't think that's fair uh, to the player. Uh, how much How much do you think that helped you? Because that's a, a, the subject of great debate. You didn't come in and start immediately. And when you did start playing, you were terrific, right? I mean, literally right from your very first snap. So how, where do you stand on the whole let them get out there and get their noses bloodied argument versus an opportunity to sit and learn the game? I stand behind the fact that obviously depending upon your team situation, if you have a team that just needs a quarterback to plug in and doesn't have to be necessarily the face just yet, doesn't have to be the the true leader, just has to fulfill his role as a quarterback, you can certainly make that work. But if you're asking that young quarterback to do everything that a professional quarterback is, is eventually asked to do, it's just an unfair situation. Remember, Patrick Mahomes did not play his first year, and so he was able to learn from an amazing veteran in Alex Smith And then he played his second year. And I think that first year was huge for him and his development and just being able to make some of those mistakes behind closed doors. No one knew the mistakes that he made the first year because they were happening in practice. It wasn't out in a national television audience. So I I think that we are underestimating the patience piece and the development piece with these young quarterbacks, for sure. I do. And it's, it's being accentuated by the rookie salary cap because there's such value in getting these guys out there while they're still on their rookie contract. And so the result of that is some of them are being rushed and some of them are being given up on far too quickly. Uh, I've taken up too much of your vacation. Chad, enjoy the family. Enjoy the sunshine. Thank you, my friend. I always appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, Greeny. Thank you so much. I always believed in baptism by fire. Throw the quarterback out there. Either sink or swim. Speaking of sinking or swimming, Hawk and Crowder talking with Mike Cunho. There's a defensive possession in the third quarter where he kind of bottles up Steph Curry and, and takes him into the corner and, and, and knocks the ball out of bounds. And even Curry like slaps him on the butt saying, you know, you got me, man. That's the kind of thing I was looking for last night. Will Victor Oladipo sink or swim here in South Florida? Better question is, will Mike Cunho go shirtless? You'll find out more, plus reggae music, because... We're having a feel-good Friday here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. Got a little reggae going for you. Make you feel irie going into the weekend. If you want to feel even better, here's some Hawk and Crowder talking with Mike Cuno about breaking down Oladipo's first game. Hero and Duncan on social media. Shirtless. And the Panthers. Mike Cuno, sports anchor and reporter for CBS4 here in Miami. A friend of the program. He's kind of like our, um, what do you say? Our friend that'll do anything for a laugh, you know? He always had that friend that'll be like, oh, there's a bee over there? Yeah, I'll let him sting me. Okay, Johnny, go do it. Mike's become that guy. I don't I don't know if it's been willing or not, but that's really what's happened. You strong-armed him into becoming that guy. <laughs> Hello, Mike. I'm like Mikey from those old life cereal commercials. Give him the Mikey. Hey, he'll Mikey. Try it. He likes it. Um, <laughs> yeah. What were your first impressions of Victor Oladipo in a Miami Heat uniform? Before I get to that, I just want to say uh, uh, to Crowder, great job in the Suez Canal clearing that thing. Really appreciate it. <laughs> um, but... Um, as... Shout out to the tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what a Mike, great joke. The, we almost, we going to see each other, Mike. There. 
Saving the what world economy. Great joke. That is excellent. Mike Cuno doing the interview in front of a brick wall that says improv. I love it. That's funny. I'm going to catch you somewhere, uh, Mike. No. Don't even worry about it. I know. I, you know, I have to walk around town with, uh, with always looking over my shoulder just in case Crowder decides to pop up Keep anywhere. Head on a swivel because uh, that tugboat can be silent sometimes. Oh, yeah. They creep slow. You know, they're not fast moving. So, you know, uh, All of a sudden, a they're steady, right up on uh, you. It's a steady yeah. chase. Yeah. Um, no, but look, Oladipo last night, uh, I thought the way you look at that game is you look, you look at the flashes, right? Like, he didn't get to practice much with the team, at, if at all. He's been pouring over film and talking to coaches uh, on Zoom meetings. So, really, you just look for, like, the potential of where he could be and how he fits in. Uh, obviously, the big assist late to Tyler Hero, something a lot of people talked about last night. But there's a defensive possession in the third quarter where he kind of bottles up Steph Curry and, and takes him into the corner and, and, and knocks the ball out of bounds. And even Curry, like, slapped him on the butt saying, you know, you got me, man. That's the kind of thing I was looking for last night. If we were already going to start to see – you know, his influence on the defense. Because after all, that's what, you know, Riley talked to him in his first phone call. He said, we're defense, defense, defense. That's what we want to focus on. And uh, so I, I like seeing those flashes yesterday. I, I thought it was all positive. And Mike, to, to with that, with Oladipo, and I know you're 100% correct where it takes time. He has to get into the system, understand, you know, the rotations and all. How long does that take? Like, when when do we have you on? Is it a week, two weeks, a month, where we don't have to talk about Victor's figuring it out, where now Victor got it locked in? How long? How long do you think that'll take? I, I'm going to give it a few weeks. And the reason why is because, look, it, this this season, the, the schedule is kind of crammed in here. Uh, and I, I'm just wondering how, how they play all these guys, uh, not just minutes, but just, you know, you want to get guys rest before the playoffs, all, all that sort of thing. But he definitely has to catch up to speed. I give it a couple weeks to a month before I think we see the true potential. But, look, I mean, Victor Oladipo is a really good player. He's a professional. And the only reason I say a couple of weeks is just because you want to bounce. You don't want to, you know, you just you just want to make sure you do it the right way. I mean, he'd probably tell you it'll take a it'll take a couple of days, and it might that might be it. He may he may fit in right away. But heck, I mean, he started last night without having practiced with the team. So I think that lets you know how they feel about him as a player and how quickly he could pick it up. So let's look at the East, because obviously the thought was heading into the, the trade deadline, you've got to get Kyle Lowry or you've got to get Victor Oladipo. There was the thought we'd get LaMarcus Aldridge. They had to do something to bolster the team. So mm-hmm. he'd have won three in a row. Is, is is this team, if healthy, and I, I use the caveat if healthy because that's a huge, important fact. If Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Victor Oladipo and Goran Dragic and Andre Guadala are all healthy and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are playing like themselves again, if they get to the playoffs, which they will, can they make a run like they did last season? And could they even compete with Brooklyn with this roster? I absolutely think they can. And I, and I say this from a defensive standpoint. Now, the issue with Miami is going to be their length. It's going to be their height. That's, they, unfortunately, they weren't really able to address that at the trade deadline with Marcus Aldridge you know, going to Brooklyn. That, that will and probably will show up and be a problem. But let's say the Heat don't face Brooklyn until the Eastern Conference Finals, then you've got some time to deal with it. The thing I like about Miami is they've got a core group and a very young core group that's now been there. It's so hard in the NBA to just, to just win on your first crack at it. 
even when you have LeBron, Dwayne, and Bosh on your team, and, and Wade, was, Wade was there when, when Miami won a title in 06, it still took time to learn. Now, I, I think Miami defensively can get to that NBA final championship level once again, and obviously Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson finding their stroke is going to be a huge, huge factor because they went from one of the best three-pointing shooting teams in the league to one of the worst, but they're going to start to come up here, it, it looks like. So that's what I like. It seems like they're turning the page on the way they were playing earlier this season at a good moment, right when you get a guy like Victor Oladipo to help you in this playoff push. And that's the caliber of a player who's really, really good, and it adds depth. You mentioned the injuries. The problem that Miami ran into in the playoffs is once Goron and Bam went out, it was really tough to kind of try to find their footing. So I think the Oladipo move, in addition to defense and what he can bring offensively, also brings you depth which we might be forgetting about and how important that can be um, in, in the playoffs. And look, it'll be interesting to see what Brooklyn does. I mean, yes, they're the most talented team in the league, but they haven't been playing together that long. Miami ran through Boston. Miami ran through Milwaukee. We'll see if Miami can handle teams like the 76ers and Brooklyn come playoff time. And Mike, you bring up uh, Duncan and Tyler, you know, finding kind of finding finding their rhythm. They, you know, both they both dropped what twenty and twenty one last night. The last three games they've been playing better. Is it a coincidence that two young guys play better after the trade deadline that they were in? You know, with all the trade rumors, they were always a part of them. Is it a coincidence they're playing better now that they know they're going to be here? No, I, you know, I don't think it is. I mean, they're, we forget about athletes that they're still human at the end of the day, and I think. And let's just talk about Duncan for a second. Here's Duncan who was pulled out of obscurity by the Miami Heat. And obviously there's some sort of emotional connection to this team for him, you know, and to hear his name attached to trade rumors is probably really, really difficult for a young player who hasn't been in the NBA that long to sort of deal with. You know, he hasn't been traded before. He's never been through this. I think he's relaxed now. I think he knows, hey, this is where I'm going to be for this stretch run. Let's go out and do it again. And, you know, I, I just think sometimes as fans and, and even as media members, we discount the human element that these guys, you know, have to play with. You know, they, they hear these things on social media, too. Duncan Robinson has a podcast. He's well aware of what's going on, you know, in the social media world. Mike Cuno is with us from CBS4. Uh, Solana feeding me an excellent question here <laughs> via the text line uh, because you saw – Jimmy Butler do the post-game press conference shirtless yesterday. Bam Adebayo warned everybody he was coming up shirtless, and, and Jimmy Butler looked damn good shirtless. I'm not even going to front. But uh, Solana suggesting that we ask you how much money it would take for you to do a sport, sports report on CBS4 shirtless. Well, could you cover a year's salary? Because I guarantee you the second I come off the set, I'm fired. Like the the like is this the GM's gonna be sitting there with a box of all my stuff and go, I hope it was fun. You can go now. If so if let you guys me, want okay, to cover me, at least a year's let me, salary. Let me ask can, this because Can you bounce your pecs? Because if you bounce your pecs, oh, maybe they'll Cuno could. Cuno could with no with no hey, question, right? Hey, come on, man. No no question. That's easy. <laughs> Yeah, Doing it right I mean, now. come on. This dude works out hard. Cuno works out, man. Because I saw yesterday we had the uh, the rare trifecta, right? You have Marlins, Heat, Panthers. And I saw on CBS 4, it was you, Jim Barry, and Steve Goldstein. And you each were giving your opinions on everything, and it was a, it was a, uh, a cool look there. But there was three major events going on. If all three of you were shirtless, you, Jim Barry, and Goldie, who looks the best? 
Come on, man. This ain't no body built by LA Fitness. All right? I'm working out in real gyms now. This, what, what do you think? Now, I'll give it to Goldie. Goldie so, works Goldie works out, uh, you know, and Jim, Jim does too. Jim plays, a, Jim plays a lot of tennis. But, you know, no offense to those guys. Love them both. But I'm going to take youth. Youth there. You know, gravity, I think, is on my so side. So you got – no, that's – I listen, talk about it. I mean, listen, if you got him, you got him. So without question, you shirtless versus Goldie and Jim Barry, you are you are top dog. Oh, uh, they're like, hey, are we playing shirts and skins? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like, hey, I got, I got skins. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. I, I don't want to embarrass you guys. I got skins. <laughs> At some age, hey Hoff, you know you're you're our you're our veteran on this show. And age, <laughs> when, when does the skin get Damn. all soft and supple? When, when, uh, at what age does it start just mushying up? It's it's so sad. It's like because it just doesn't matter what what you do anymore. I'm sure there's those lucky few like Brad Pitt, but it yeah, I, I would say around mid forties. It mm. just the elasticity is gone, and then when you get to to my age now, like during. During commercial breaks, I'm 51, Cunho. During commercial breaks, a lot of times, I have to say lift up under uh, certain uh, flaps to wipe off the sweat. You know, if I, if I think it's a particularly difficult segment, I'll start to, to sweat underneath one of my flaps. I'll tell you when it really heads south is when is when you just fully lean into the McDonald's diet. When you just go, okay, the McRib. <laughs> oh, Chad Johnson, no, no. Tell him, tell him, Chad Johnson says he lives and dies by that McDonald's diet, right? So, yeah, but, right, yeah, but yeah, but Chad, but Chad, but Chad was having you know expert you know style workouts and stuff like. He was a professional athlete. If you're not a professional athlete, I'm not claiming to be a professional athlete, but once you just kind of let go of the working out rope altogether, you know, it yeah. goes down quick. Yeah, right. it's called Ocho vs. Science, where he's saying we've been brainwashed our whole life about the certain amount of micro proteins you need and the vitamin D that you. He's like, no, man, you just have to work and you'll be fine. I, gotta, he's kind of he's kind of pulling me that way. You got to build, build up, up a callus. callus. Got to build up a callus. But and he, Chad, Chad is one of one. You know, he's a one of one guy. There's one Chad Johnson. That's the thing. I think like, he's right. That, that I think work. he's the aberration. Yeah. Yeah, like that's one of those guys that it doesn't matter what he does. He's always going to be ripped and fit. And then he wants to tell everyone, oh, no, 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 just do what I do. Well, I've been doing yeah. what you do, Chad. <laughs> I've been doing it. And look at me. At look at me. Level. I'm a monster. <laughs> hey, I got to mention this. Mike Cunha from CBS4 is with us. I got to mention this because uh, the Heat have been fun. But we've got to give some love to the Florida Panthers Last night, and I went to the oh, BB&T yeah. last night. Last night, there's no Ekblad. And I understand Detroit is a terrible team. But there's no Ekblad, no Barkov, and no Duclair, and no Hornquist. And you've got, you know, uh, uh, Drieger playing goal, not Bobrovsky. And they come from behind with another victory. I mean, that's a legit hockey team right there. Yeah, we went from, we went from oh, going with the hot hand of, of, of you know, who's going to play goaltender tonight to realizing that Bob has settled in and – Florida just has two really good goalies. And it seems like it's like two nights on for Bob, one night on for Chris, and let's, you know, let's ride that, that wave. And, it, and it's working. I mean, there, it's, it's funny, right? Like when baseball, you throw out your, your ace and you're like, okay, this is a win, right? When in, in hockey, when you throw out your ace, you're like, okay, this is probably going to be a win. But now with the Panthers, you've got two guys that feel that, that, feel that way. You have no question with whoever's in net can they go out and win a game? Now, Bob has certainly let up some bad goals this year, but a lot of the times it's been when the defense in front of him has broken down. 
And so you give him a little bit of leeway there. But even in the games where he gives up three, four goals in the third period and overtime when he has to make a stop, he's making those stops. So I think the goaltending is going to kind of carry him. And then, man, you think about all the offensive firepower they lost with Hornquist out, with Barkey, with Ekblad, and, you know, Duclair now. And they're still putting up a lot of goals. They scored what was it, like eight goals in the first two games without Barkov and Hornquist? Like, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous how these guys are all stepping up at the same time and, and making it work and keeping them, I think they're still tied for most points in the NHL, even during what should have been their toughest stretch of the season due to injuries. It's, it's pretty impressive. And, Mike, we were talking about early, you know, earlier in the show where teams that, like, it's crazy to say you're a professional team, Mike, but they never give up where this team, yeah. no matter what. And with the Panthers, I'm, I'm on that train. I don't give a damn what the score is. If it's the third period, six minutes left, we'll see what happens because I've seen it this season. You, you watch a lot of sports. You cover all the sports in South Florida. Do you know that about teams? Like, as you're watching teams, like, this team is a team that can come back at any time where there's another team on the other side of the coin where you know if they get down by two goals, it's over for them. Yeah, no, I, you know, as you mentioned, it's across – it's across a lot of sports. And I think early in the season, we were calling them the cardiac cats because it was just such a surprise. You know, it kept happening. You know, it kept happening. You're like, oh man, maybe they're really good. But this has kind of become their MO. It's not a great MO to have to fall behind all the time, but they proved that like they're, they have, they have a gear and they can click it into a gear. And um, that's, you know, that's a sign of a professional team that does not just stop. Like, okay, we're down two, three goals. All right, we're going to, you know, pack it up and go. No, there are points to be had. See if you can go and get them. Because here's the thing. Even if you don't win the game, if you can at least force overtime in hockey, at least you're getting points and you're making progress. And, and that's important. And if not for nothing, just sticking with your routine. And, and that's a just good, healthy habits to have, like, like just not giving up. Uh, it reminds me, you know, I'm not calling them the big three team, but you know, remember during the stretch of the Big Three era where they won 27 games in a row, there was a game they were down by like 20-somethings in Cleveland, I believe it was. And they, and they came all the way back as if it was nothing. They just found the gear. And it's cool to see a team down here, especially the Panthers, find that gear. I'm going to get shirtless. I'm hitting up the bars in my neighborhood on 71st Street in Collins, basically on the rocks. And Bob's your uncle. You'll see me there living life. Till next time. This is Dan Day, and you're listening to 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 